0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together.
1: Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here again today with Brad, and we are looking today at basically Isaiah 40 through Isaiah 43. Um, To me, personally... It feels a little up and down and back and forth, a little bit. Um, but there are good passages that are, are worth reading and looking into. So as we look over these, Brad, what's some of the stuff that you
1: noticed? Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. There is certainly an up and down as as Isaiah is pushing out this prophecy of, yay, God, and, oh, you're not doing so good. Yeah. So there's, there's both sides of that. Um, I love seeing in this some really... Ground base level prophecy about who Jesus is, that now we can go, yep, that's what they were talking about. Obviously when Isaiah was saying all of this to the people, they had no idea that, you know, Jesus was here, but he's laying the groundwork for the Messiah, for somebody who is coming to ultimately save all of Israel and all of mankind and really change some of the pattern that's been happening through the years of Uh, of Israel's reign.
0: So you had some thoughts about Isaiah 42. Why don't we like dig into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is all part of Isaiah kind of laying the groundwork for who Jesus is going to be. And in uh, 42 verse three, Um, He said he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle, certainly talking about peace. But the sentence that I think all of Israel heard was he will bring bring justice to those who have been wronged. And they're used to hearing that. They're used to God saving them in a military fashion. Now, how those two things go together, I'm not exactly sure, because somebody who's not going to crush the weakest reed but struggle for justice doesn't seem to sound military but that's what a lot of leaders through Jesus' time was looking for in the Messiah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, particularly as we talk about justice, like Israel has seen this this justice piece on both sides. Like God has brought justice um, when they were the oppressed and God has brought justice when they were the oppressors. And so hopefully Israel has this clear picture of like God's justice is justice for everyone and it doesn't change. So it's it's for those who are, oppressed like he seeks to help specifically like the widows and the orphans and the poor Um, and he also brings justice to those who are oppressors we've seen that happen uh, historically with these kings that we've been reading about Um, the the entire nation as we've been reading about like when it when the kingdom of the northern kingdom of israel becomes like so rich and powerful and they don't care for the people uh, he judges them and and the assyrians basically like walk them out of their country um so it's interesting to to work with this idea of justice and one of the things that lindsey Lotzball said on an episode in the past is that it's really interesting that the god of justice like the god we serve uh, who's manifested in jesus like the justice that he brings and he cares about is the justice that a lot of people in our world today care about it's it's the justice like like bringing judgment on the rich who don't care for the poor Uh, bringing racial reconciliation, like caring for people as people made in the image of God. Like a lot of these topics that we wrestle with in our day are topics that God cares very deeply about. It's just interesting that uh, particularly like um, activist people who don't necessarily want to seek God who we're reading about, they care about the same things. And so I think to me, it's pretty cool to see God caring about justice in our world today. We just need to understand that it's actually God, the maker of the universe who cares about these things. Uh, and he he will bring about those things. We get to serve him and be part of
1: that. He does. I think he flips the script a little bit in how, because it's usually in those activist mindset of we're going to regain power, we're going yeah. to do something to, to shift the focus, where God, even in this verse, in this single verse, yeah. is saying it's going to be through peace. It's going to yes. be through showing something different. Um, that that really we find justice. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think as you're talking about uh, refusing to crush a reed, uh, it's interesting that Jesus brings about significant justice, and he's actually willing to give his life up uh, for the ransom of many. And it's actually a very similar life that he calls us to. Like, let's, let's not seek to preserve our lives. Let's seek to give it away so that we can also be part of this justice that comes without crushing reeds. Like, I think about uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Um, these soldiers come to him, and they're going to apprehend him. And so Peter, his disciple, pulls his sword out and cuts the dude's ear off. And here we see Jesus with his restorative, like actual restorative. He puts the dude's ear back on his head, and he's like, no, this is not how we're going to do this. Um, And ultimately, like Jesus sets off this revolution. God sets off this revolution that's spiritual in nature and not physical. And it confuses a lot of people because they were expecting like a powerful coming king. And it's actually this peaceful king who brings justice for peace. It's very cool. I love it. There's another passage, uh, it's Isaiah 43, um, well, actually, no, it's Isaiah 44, uh, verse 3. Uh, We'll start there. For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and irrigate your parched fields. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants, and my blessing will be on your children. They will thrive like withered grass. They will uh, be like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I'm a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. I think this is, I think this is a New Testament fulfilled thing. Like we do see, I think it's in Acts 2, um, where the Holy Spirit falls on the early church in a very unique way that we hadn't seen before in history, where it's everybody who seeks the Lord inherits the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's this very unique movement of God that actually we eventually see where like the Jews are and the Gentiles are part of this new kingdom. And so this is what I think is being said here, like, because we belong to the lord we become descendants of jacob uh we claim israel israel's name is our own name like we're we're not jews you and i didn't grow up in jerusalem but we are part of this spiritual israel right uh part of god's family and god's flock it's very cool
1: so you're saying this is one of the verses where we can see the trinity in the old testament
0: um i hadn't actually thought about that to be honest
1: well in in this passage we see the son the spirit and the father
0: yeah all the all these things are necessary to see fulfillment of this passage i think so very clearly um and and we ultimately we see that a couple times in the old testament but this would be one that you could point to probably yeah um but i i definitely think that this is something that we see moving in acts um it's it's kind of this interesting challenge you get with these prophets is that the people who were hearing Isaiah were probably not thinking about first century Jerusalem uh, I think they were looking for a much more very near fulfillment and I do think that they they ultimately do see some of that in their restoration from exile you see some of these passages about calling people from the north and the south calling people from the east and the west like that's very much return from exile language and so with a lot of these prophecies there's like a near term and there's a long term I think Um so it's cool. These are some pretty interesting passages that can teach us a lot about who God is. Cool. Hey, guys, we hope you're enjoying this. Hopefully you're enjoying Isaiah. Maybe you're hearing some of it for the first time. Uh, stick around, listen to the audio, or pick up your Bible and read it for yourself. Don't forget, if you would like a Bible where you can read along with us, just send us an email at podcast at worshipcenter.org. We'd be happy to send that to you uh, anywhere you are. So we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Isaiah 40, starting in verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, Shout. I asked, What should I shout? Shout that people are like grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth, or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give Him advice or teach Him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does He need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach Him what is right or show Him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales." He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. All the wood in Lebanon's forest and all Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes they count for less than nothing, mere emptiness and froth. To whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold, overlaid with gold and decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay, and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God, the words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root, when he blows on them and they wither. The wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. O Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Listen in silence before me, you lands beyond the sea. Bring your strongest arguments. Come now and speak. The court is ready for your case. Who has stirred up the king from the east, rightly calling him to God's service? Who gives this man victory over many nations and permits him to trample the kings underfoot? With his sword, he reduces armies to dust. With his bow, he scatters them like chaff before the wind. He chases them away and goes on safely. Though he is walking over unfamiliar ground, who has done such mighty deeds, summoning each new generation from the beginning of time? It is I, the Lord, the first and the last. I alone am he. The lands beyond the sea watch in fear. Remote lands tremble and mobilize for war. The idol-makers encourage one another, saying to each other, be strong. The carver encourages the goldsmith, and the molder helps at the anvil. Good, they say, it's coming along fine. Carefully, they join the parts together, then fasten the thing into place so it won't fall over. But as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descended from Abraham, my friend, I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant, for I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord your God. And I say to you, don't be afraid, I'm here to help you. Though you are a lowly worm, O Jacob, don't be afraid, people of Israel, for I will help you. I am the Lord your Redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel. You will be a new threshing instrument with many sharp teeth. You will tear your enemies apart, making chaff of mountains. You will toss them into the air and the wind will blow them all away. A whirlwind will scatter them. Then you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. When the poor and needy search for water and there is none and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. I will open up rivers for them on high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground. I will plant trees in the barren desert, cedar, acacia, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir, and pine. I am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means, that it is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel who created it. Present the case for your idols, says the Lord. Let them show what they can do, says the king of Israel. Let them try to tell us what happened long ago, so that we may consider the evidence. Or let them tell us what the future holds, so we can know what's going to happen. Yes, tell us what will occur in the days ahead. Then we will know you are gods. In fact, do anything, good or bad. Do something that will amaze and frighten us. But no, you are less than nothing, and can do nothing at all. Those who choose you pollute themselves. But I have stirred up a leader who will approach from the north. From the east he will call on my name. I will give him victory over kings and princes. He will trample them as the potter treads on the clay. Who told you from the beginning that this would happen? Who predicted this, making you admit that he was right? No one said a word. I was the first to tell Zion, look, help is on the way. I will send Jerusalem a messenger with good news. Not one of your idols told you this. Not one gave any answer when I asked. See, they are all foolish, worthless things. All your idols are as empty as the wind. Look at my servant, whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one, who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. God the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. And I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them and you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. Everything I prophesied has come true, and now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing His praises from the ends of the earth. Sing, all who sail the seas, all who live in distant coastlands. Join in the chorus, you desert towns. Let the villages of Keter rejoice. Let the people of Selah sing for joy. Shout praises from the mountaintops. Let the whole world glorify the Lord. Let it sing His praise. The Lord will march forth like a mighty hero. He will come out like a warrior full of fury. He will shout His battle cry and crush all His enemies. He will say, I have long been silent. Yes, I have restrained myself. But now, like a woman in labor, I will cry and groan and pant. I will level the mountains and hills and blight all the greenery. I will turn the rivers into dry land and will dry up all the pools. I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say you are gods, will be turned away in shame. Listen, you who are deaf, look and see, you blind. Who is as blind as my own people, my servant? Who is as deaf as my messenger? Who is as blind as my chosen people, the servant of the Lord? You see and recognize what is right, but refuse to act on it. You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. Because he is righteous, the Lord has exalted his glorious law. But his own people have been robbed and plundered, enslaved, imprisoned, and trapped. They are fair game for anyone, and have no one to protect them, no one to take them back home. Who will hear these lessons from the past, and see the ruin that awaits you in the future? Who allowed Israel to be robbed and hurt? I was the Lord, against whom we sinned. For the people would not walk in his path, nor would they obey his law. Therefore he poured out his fury on them, and destroyed them in battle. They were enveloped in flames, but they still refused to understand. They were consumed by fire, but they did not l- learn their lesson. But now, O Jacob, listen to the word of the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, I will not, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours, because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, Bring my sons and daughters back to Israel. From the distant corners of the earth, bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together, assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like smoldering candle wicks. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. But dear family of Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You have grown tired of me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with sacrifices." though I have not burdened and wearied you and request for grain offerings and frankincense. You have not brought me fragrant calamus or pleased me with fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together and you can present your case to prove your innocence. From the very beginning, your first ancestor sinned against me. All your leaders broke my laws. That is why I have disgraced your priests. I have decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. But now, listen to me, Jacob my servant, Israel my chosen one. The Lord who made you and helps you says, Do not be afraid, O Jacob my servant, O dear Israel my chosen one. For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children and they will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a river bank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own.